0: Podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers victory, this time over the Vanderbilt Commodores in the most disgusting arena in all of college basketball. The Tigers get the win 73 to 67 improving their overall record above 500 to 11 and 10 on the year and the SEC record now up to 5 and 7. We're going to break down all the action, the notes, the stats, anything from this game and around this game in the program right now. To do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, what do you say about a game like that?
1: It was hard to watch, especially at the beginning it was hard to watch, but you know, built up a few runs, you know, a few big plays from the Some big players tonight, some upperclassmen, and got the win.
0: I hate to say this to you, Gray, but I feel like since you've got here, we've been playing a little bit of an excessive and ugly amount of games, so I blame you. (laughs) I don't know how you feel about that, but, uh, yeah.
1: I I mean, I guess that's fine. But, um, you know, we're young. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We knew it at the start of the year, so –
0: let me just address the comment, we're young. I've seen a lot of people getting upset with that type of thinking, and I agree with you, but I think it's a given that you just have to accept that at this point, and I'm going to make yeah. a correlation to football here. Yeah. Um, people seem to get upset when you talk about the offensive line being the cause of the struggles of the offense this yeah. year, and they just can't seem to grasp that it could be something as easy as that, but it simply is that. This is just a young team that yeah. can't – get through some situations they might find that a more senior laden team might be. So I think it's a fair assessment to say that this is a young team and to maintain that throughout the rest of the season. How do you feel about the discrepancy on that?
1: Oh yeah. I I think you're exactly right. I think you nailed it. Um, You know, this is a young team and whether we want to accept that or, or no matter how long the season goes on and how experienced these guys get, we have to remember we are still one of the youngest teams in college basketball. And that just comes with, you know, part of it.
0: And to Bruce Pearl's point, I don't know if you had an opportunity to see his interview with uh, the TV broadcast after the game, but he even, he took the other approach on that. You know, people focus on the bad side of being young, but Bruce looks at it and says, can you tell me of a better five freshmen in all of college basketball? I mean, that's impressive. You know, that used to be the Uh conversation you're having with a Kentucky now that's Auburn, and could you even imagine with one Jalen Green being here? <laughs> Should we go ahead and talk about that? Let's go ahead. So apparently, uh, Jalen Green got interviewed, uh, and it was all over social media talking about uh, G- being in the G League and stuff like that, and you know how that all went down to his decision. And we learned a few things about uh, that he apparently committed to Auburn, according to him. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you make of that, Gray? Well, in the video, he was asked.
1: Where, If you would have gone to college, where would you have gone? He said, I would have gone to Auburn. Uh, In fact, I told Auburn I was going and then last minute I switched up uh, with this offer from the G League or whatever. I I, I mean, what could have been, what could have been this backcourt could have been something, something even crazier than it already is.
0: You know, the concept of the silent commit is something that's always been out there, whether it's legit thing or not. You know, I, I understand what it basically means is that, you know, a, a athlete will say, okay, I'm coming, but they haven't officially, you know, agreed to anything publicly or anything like that. You know, there's some rumors of that that has happened even this year. And and then in football with Coach Harson's first class that may yeah. still be out there. Um, so that could have been viewed as maybe a silent commit that would, just wasn't ready yet. You got to wonder, though, with Jalen deciding to go to the G League, I understand it's a humongous opportunity. He's you know, already made way more money than I will ever see in my lifetime just <laughs> by signing into the G League of all things at this point. Uh, but I, I often wonder, too, did he have an inclination of why, what might happen this season with Auburn? Now, I don't mean in terms mm-hmm. of struggles. I mean in terms of Sharif Cooper maybe having to sit out a little bit while there uh, with the potential because uh, at the time when he – silent me can commits and i'm doing that with air quotes right now you know auburn was still um not going was still going to be able to play in postseason um as we thought they were going to be do you think that could have had an effect on his decision i mean it could have
1: it very well could have and you know i think i think we underestimate what some of these players and coaches know months and months before we do um you know, it, he's that you know, we've got to move on from that. He's a great player. You know, he will he will be a great Auburn legend. I will tell you that, though.
0: But it's a great uh, recruiting tool for Coach Pearl to, to put in his pocket. You know, he's he has so many of those already and say, hey, uh, look what Jalen Green's doing here. He was coming here if he didn't get a solid deal to go play in the G League uh, out of high school. So I think that's just something to put in your cap. And, and look at going forward when you're trying to convince some of these other players that, hey, you know, look, yeah, I know Kentucky's coming after you. I know Duke and Kansas and all of them are coming after you. But Jalen Green was going to give us an opportunity. Sharif gave us an opportunity. Look what we did wow. with him. Uh, so there's all kinds of good ways that you can look at that news, even though it's a little bit disappointing to ask the question, what might have been? Uh, what might have been in this uh scenario? You know, Justin Powell watch still continues. Not really much to update there. Still continue to keep him in our prayers and hope that he uh can see the court this season. Uh, other things that I want to talk about around the game right now, and this is a comment, and it can kind of get into a little bit of discussion about this game too. Uh, Coach Pearl, in his weekly press conference, was quoted as saying that the team lacked quickness on defense. So I want to ask two questions off of this for you, okay. Gray. Okay. Before this game, outside of the Vanderbilt game where they get the win, did you agree with that statement from Coach Pearl? Did, so far, the team lack quickness on defense?
1: Yes, yes, especially recently. Recently, I'd say the quickness of our guards trying to defend, you know, because last episode we talked about how Ole Miss was going straight line drive every play, every time, and that's, that's the lack of quickness. And Coach Pearl and his staff recognize that, and it did look a lot better tonight.
0: Again, that was going to be my second question. Did, did did it get addressed at least in this one game after that statement is made? So, what did you see happen differently tonight? Because I still saw a lot of straight line drives to the baskets. Yeah. Maybe not as many, but what did you, what do you think they improved on? Uh, you know, I think that's something that they went back and
1: worked on in practice. Um, that's a it's a great it's a great um, teaching tool for Pearl to go out and be able to say that to. the in a press conference or to the media or in a interview so he can go back in his practice and say, here we go. This is, this is the problem. We need to address it. And whether we were, you know, we were perfect with our quickness on defense tonight. Um, but I do think we were better uh, overall considering with the guards.
0: Yeah. I do think there's a little bit of improvement in that area um, and obviously is against a team that's struggling right now. Uh, in Vanderbilt, like so many other teams in the in the league yeah. that are at the bottom of it, but did like seeing that improvement there. Some fun stats that come out of this game. This is a four game win streak over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's one of those teams that's given Auburn fits over the last decade or so, especially yeah. dating back into the previous coaching tenure, who we will not mention here. Uh, this is sadly is happily, but sadly as well, the only the second win in the last twelve games in Nashville. Think about that. That means for the last twelve attempts, there you have a one in six chance of winning. I think I did the proportions wrong there, but basically you have a very low percentage of winning in it national. Just,
1: it just goes to show you how bad and how worse that arena has gotten.
0: Speaking of worse, I know you and I agree about this—the worst stadium, worst arena, and all of college basketball arguably all of college sports and my friend Clint Richardson is rolling his eyes and screaming at me right now if he's listening (laughs) to this but I felt like it was even worse tonight when you have a minimum capacity crowd like probably two people in all that the 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 teams further spread out on the baseline like I I felt like this revealed the ugliness of this arena because there was I felt personally like there was no energy in the arena whatsoever oh
1: absolutely not There was no energy at all. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, like, we were building, like, we were building momentum in parts of the second half, and so was Vanderbilt, especially towards the end of the game. There, and there was no energy from the players. There was none from the coaches. There's no fans in the stadium. I mean, it, it showed tonight. It showed tonight why that arena is the worst in college basketball.
0: You know, Damian Fishbag was the one of the TV commentators tonight, and he is one of the best and a former Auburn great. For the basketball mm-hmm. program and when he has to break away and start telling stories about his old days you know that the energy <laughs> is low in this game because he is a pro at that stuff and i'm sad that we don't get to enjoy him on the radio broadcast uh with uh, you know andy but he was with uh, rod Bramblet at the time but uh with andy birch I, I know we wouldn't trade coach sonny smith for anything in the world because i love how he gets on the refs and it's just it's worth it just to listen <laughs> to the so radio i mean it's, it's hilarious <laughs> that's great I, Quick plug for our other podcast, Auburn Roots, uh, where we let people tell their Auburn stories. In episode 15, I interviewed Coach Sonny Smith, and I was real nervous when I brought that up to him. I thought he might get a little embarrassed and not really want me to address it, but we just sat there talking about how he dogged the refs for about 15 minutes. I was just like, (laughs) Coach, just know every single time you say something about the refs, I'm over here just giggling in my seat. (laughs) Love that man so much. All right. Let's talk about this game a little bit in uh, some detail now. Vanderbilt falls to Auburn in their uh, home monstrosity of arena by the score of 73-67. to 67. In the first half of the game, Vanderbilt got out to a very quick start, uh, almost to a double-digit lead. kind of got scary there for just a little bit of a second. Auburn fought back and made it a battle the entire first half with Vanderbilt still maintaining the lead, 23-25 to 25 going into halftime. Auburn came out of the second half and slowly started building up a lead. Vandy just wouldn't go away, though. But still, Auburn does get the win uh, on the road and get their only second win in the last 12 meetings in Nashville. Happily, that streak is starting to look a little bit better tonight. At times tonight, it felt like something was on the ball, the way it was just getting tossed around. I I felt like I wasn't watching basketball, but maybe volleyball because it just kept getting volleyed back and forth uh, between the two teams. I felt like this was a very sloppy game tonight. What did you think?
1: It was. It was very. It was a very sloppy game. That first half was hard to watch. It was. It was really bad basketball in the first half. In the second half, it started picking up a little better. You saw the adjustments that both Stackhouse and Pearl made. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of turnovers. You know, sixteen for Auburn, seventeen for Vanderbilt. You know, a lot of free throws being shot. It was just. It just wasn't a pretty basketball game. It wasn't a game you get the that a mutual fan would turn on and be like, wow, I'm ready to watch Auburn Vanderbilt tonight.
0: (laughs) I do want to give credit, and I think you brought up a great point as well. I think it's always important to do this too for your opponents. I was impressed with a lot of the adjustments that Stackhouse made tonight for Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt as the head coach, especially if you paid attention at the very end of the game, which kind of made it a little scary there and made it to a two-possession game with Thirty seconds left in basketball. That's an eternity, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, a turnover here, uh, some the ball ball bounces wrong there. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt's back in the game at this point, and he made a really quick inbound play that got them back in position to actually do something. Uh, sure. Thankfully, that did not happen. So I'm glad you brought that up. That Stackhouse, I thought, is, is doing a pretty good job with a probably not so great situation in Vanderbilt yeah. at this moment, which is odd to say because they are a traditional power for basketball. Hopefully, they'll be back there soon. Hey Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While Tee Public is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? t-shirts for $13 you have to be kidding me if you're ready to explore your purchase options head on over to tpublic.com store e2c network you can also get there by going to our website at e2c support now that you've got some options to suit up for game day let's head back into this episode I think it's obvious who the man of the night is. Well, there's two of them probably, but I think the one that we don't get to talk about as often is Jamal Johnson. What did you think about his play tonight?
1: He was on fire. You you have to know Jamal is going to have three or four of these games a year where he's the only person that needs to shoot the ball from outside. And tonight was the night going five of eight from three with 19 points off the bench. Tonight is why he showed why he's the only upperclassman on this basketball team.
0: Yeah, I I love that the fact that on the road where you need a little bit of stability, a little bit of steadfastness, this comes from your most upperclassman guy. Um, Jamal stepped up in a big way when things could have gotten a little dicey on the road. And you love to see it happen to him. So, you know, you and I have talked about on several episodes, and especially the last episode, about the whole Devin Cambridge, Jamal Johnson, who should be the starter, who should be the sixth man. You know, it feels like every time we have this conversation, the guy who comes out and becomes the sixth man has a monster game. So what do you feel about that right now? Does Jamal need to stay as the sixth man, or does he need back in the starting lineup?
1: I think, I think he needs to stay as sixth man right now, um, but I'm not opposed to either being the sixth man because I think both of them strive, really thrive in that role. Um, and it's becoming a, a huge role, especially – with the discrepancy of uh, bench points in their previous games here you know, tonight, we blow Vanderbilt out in bench points to 27 to 12. Jamal wins that 19 to 12 by himself. Um, so, you, you know, you could put either one in there. You know, I think both of them are good in the starting lineup and good in the, on the bench and that six man role. But I think right now, I think we should stick with Devin.
0: The thing I like about this situation, it gives us versatility to adjust absolutely. to what the team absolutely like Definitely. looks like, you know, because if it's a bigger team, you probably want Cambridge in there. If it's a team that's a little bit faster, a little bit smaller, maybe, maybe you consider putting Jamal back in there if there needs to be a change of pace. But I'll say this much. Cambridge, I think, has a lower probability of scoring this amount as often because he's not the traditional three-point shooter. He can shoot the three, and when he's hot, he's hot. Yeah. But I think Jamal has a higher opportunity to score more off the bench, which is something that's been really lacking for Auburn at times. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like this may be the sweet spot that we found for a while. We might want to keep Jamal there, but very couldn't have been more happy for him tonight to see him rise to the occasion as the upperclassman. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about Vanderbilt themselves. I think they've got a pretty good duo there in Pippen Jr. And uh, uh, Dishu, I think is how you say his last name. Yep. Uh, Nice combo there that I think Stackhouse has put together. And they're both sophomores, I believe. So in theory, they should both be back next year. It could be very dangerous. And honestly, if Pippen Jr. doesn't get into foul trouble tonight and eventually foul out, uh, Auburn could have been in in a big amount of trouble here because uh, Dishu alone was doing very good. There were a couple other players for – um, Vanderbilt that did well tonight what did you think about that combo in Pippin and, and Dijun
1: that's a great combo that's a great guard and big man combo just uses a 6-9 uh, forward that I mean can really do everything and his, he had a run tonight where he was like man we've put everybody on and we put Jalen we put JT we put Corwell we put Flanagan we put all these guys on him he's still just getting whatever he wants I was really impressed with his game tonight
0: yeah, 18 points for Diju tonight, a 9 of 14 from the field, and 10 rebounds. So he had a double-double, even with all the different looks we were giving him. And he could move pretty well with the ball in the paint. Did a nice little spin move at one time to uh, get around. I think it was JT Thor or Jalen Williams down there. Uh, so that could be a dangerous combo next year if they're back together at Vanderbilt and with Jack House's Stackhouse, excuse me, Stackhouse. I combined his name. I got you know, it's one of those things. Probably if I just said it and just kind of go rolled with it, people wouldn't have called me on it. But here we are talking about it. <laughs> uh, Stackhouse's ability to make some pretty good adjustments and stuff. It, Vanderbilt could be on an upswing next season, so I'm excited for what uh, they yeah. could look like in a year's time. Let's talk about Sharif Cooper. Uh, it's always worth Damn. bringing him up. <laughs> I mean, no turnovers, I believe, for Sharif Cooper tonight. Yes, zero in that column. 10 for 11 from free throws. What was the more impressive thing that he did for you tonight?
1: Oh, definitely zero turnovers. Definitely zero turnovers, especially with the pressure that Vanderbilt was applying with him you know, and the different looks that they were giving him. Um, and also with seven assists, having those zero turnovers is huge, huge. Um, but his ability to you know, find his guys and get it to him whenever possible. It really creates more for him. And, you know, it's a guard, you know, we saw it a lot with Jared and Javon that you're really good at drawing those fouls, really good at you know taking that contact and then selling it. And he does. And when he does he converts at the line.
0: Yeah, we've seen Sharif Cooper at times this um year try to do a little bit too much, causing some t- turnovers. And tonight he seemed very steady. Uh, and, and provided a calming force alongside Jamal Johnson that really propelled this team during some struggles on the road. Uh, it was very nice to see both of them kind of work together in a, in a nice tandem to do that. And I want to give a quick shout out as well. You know, we've kind of been a little bit not critical, constructively critical of Alan Flanagan. Didn't have a great night, but I thought with five assists tonight, he showed a propensity, especially having to be the backup point guard, essentially, um, some better moments tonight. So just want to give him a quick little shout out. Uh, that I I thought he had a better, an elusively decent game tonight. The other thing I want to bring up is shooting stats tonight team-wise. And let's look at this comparatively, and we'll look across field goal percentage, three-pointers, and free throws. Field goal percentage, Auburn loses that battle 36 to 44%. Pretty good shooting night from the floor, generally speaking, for Vanderbilt. Three-pointers, Auburn gets the slight edge here. Thirty-seven to thirty-six percent, but then look at this beautiful column right here. You don't. I knew you this laugh. was coming. I was about. Oh, I knew say, it was coming. Don't you laugh at me? There, there <laughs> are things that you can count on in life: taxes and Kyle talking about free throws. Eighty-four percent from Auburn. So I'm talking about. Fifty percent from Vanderbilt. That's, That's unheard. It really is. If Vanderbilt makes. Even half of those misses, this is a tie game, essentially. So that's how important this is. Even with them getting such a significant swing in their favor and field goal percentage, pretty much it's a push on three-pointers, free throws, simple things, win basketball games. And I, you know I love seeing 84%. That just There are things in life where you just sit back and just go, yes, that was amazing, and that is how I feel tonight. Uh, anything else stuck out from this game to you tonight?
1: Um, you know, I, I I was really disappointed in the the points of the paint when I looked at it. I didn't think, you know, watching it that it was going to be that big of a difference. But you know, I think the points of the paint, you know, the more I think about it, is like because we lost that battle by 14 points, and yeah. you know, normally when you lose points of the paint by more than 10 points, the outcome doesn't really go your way. But I guess we made up for those, you know, 10 points on the free throw line. So, um. and, it's,
0: and it's odd, too, when you look at that, because, you know, the rebound battle, we won that pretty yeah. much going away. So it's odd that they got so many of those points in the paint. Uh, there's not a, we, we're in favor on offensive rebounds as well. Uh, but, I, you know, there's any kind of number of ways you could look at that. But, yeah, I think it was odd to see an area um, where we traditionally do a little bit better yeah uh, where that be such a discrepancy tonight that's a good thing to point out there, but we'll tuck this one away. nice to get a win on the road against Vanderbilt a team that's traditionally given us problems, and uh we'll hopefully have a winning streak start here as opposed to a losing streak. uh let's talk about the next game though now this is the weird thing about this folks. what a you know, you thought twenty twenty was weird enough. I submit to you twenty twenty one where Kansas. Well, not Kansas. They're all right. Uh, Kentucky, UCLA, Duke, North Carolina are all struggling, and struggling by their standards. I think one of them. I would include,
1: I would include Kansas in there. Did you watch them against Tennessee? I tried
0: Yeah. You know, that's a fair point. But you know, I'm trying to be nice. My future sister in law is a huge Kansas fan, so I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> so uh, I think. But you know, the surprising thing is like Duke and North Carolina are both not you know being as good as we're traditionally used to them and then there's there's mr kentucky five and 13 on the year four and seven in sec play most of their wins coming in i I really honestly record-wise gray i don't think they're much better than when we first saw them
1: oh i agree i agree
0: it's it's dumbfounding. Like what's going on with them? The game's going to be at noon Central Time this Saturday, the, uh, February the 13th. You're going to watch it on CBS. So let me just paint this picture for you. You're the broadcaster, you're or the the executive of sports at CBS and you look on that schedule come up and like, "Oh, look at this. Auburn at Kentucky, two now powers in the SEC. Oh, we're putting them in the primetime position on the primetime basketball <laughs> network. We got us a game." And then you get to hear <laughs> And it's like, so disappointing. why did we want this over Tennessee, Missouri? or <laughs> Who would have thought Alabama would be doing what they're doing right now? Barely got a win over South Carolina, uh, mind you, tonight. Granted, we lost to them, so we can't really say much there. Uh, but, yeah, it's just weird. It's a weird year where this would normally be – this is a primetime spot on a primetime uh, network uh, yeah. on a Saturday. This should be something that people are tuning in for, and they will be, but it'll be like, uh, is this really even matter at this point? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really get any signature wins since then. Maybe LSU, you can count as that, and they're coming off a loss uh, against Arkansas, 80-81, to 81, so almost beat them over there. Um, what do you make of this Kentucky game on the road? It's at Rupp Arena. Obviously, that's going to push probably it a little bit in their favor. Yeah. But yeah. What do you think?
1: I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw with Auburn, Kentucky, and Auburn Arena earlier this year. Um, both teams are extremely talented there's, you know, there's NBA talent all over the court for both teams, but both teams are very young and very, I would say numb right now. Um, especially with, you know, losing streaks for both teams and both teams are going to try and bounce off But these are two programs that I do believe are the top two programs in the SEC overall wise and, you know, history and, uh, you know, and that's crazy that I'm saying that we're up there with Kentucky with history, but it, I mean we are um uh but yeah, I think it'll I think it'll be slow, I think it'll be um I don't think it'll be bad i i I'm expecting a good game,
0: yeah, I think it's gonna be one of those games uh, that's gonna start a little bit slower. I think that yeah. the traditional game plan to stop Auburn is to control the pace of play if you can do that, especially on the road that kind of puts it already in your favor. Um. So if they can do that, this will get interesting in Rupp Arena. Um, I think you know the feeling right now is probably still Auburn is is, is the favored one in this one, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. It's still Kentucky in Rupp Arena. Brandon Boston is their best scorer, eleven point six points per game, and their forward Isaiah Jackson, also a freshman. Uh, 6.7 rebounds per game. So that combo is the one you'll be wanting to watch out for as we go into this game. I want a percentage confidence that Auburns wins this game in Rupp Arena from you, great. I'm going to I'm going to go 80. 80%. Sir, 80. you are you are flirting with danger. What is what is wrong with you? I'm going to go 80. Not pretty, but a win. I'm going to say 60% is what I'm saying okay, okay. right now just all because right. it's Rupp Arena and it's Kentucky yeah, and, uh, yeah. at, at any moment oh, it's like Tiger Stadium in, in Baton Rouge exactly it's you know yeah. it's it's like you know all of a sudden you know uh, John Calipari decides to put on the Infinity Gauntlet and just snaps his fingers <laughs> and then it's it's only against Auburn though. exactly but that's what Auburn does is we make we play down to people and yep. then we make them look like world beaters so <laughs> there's your feel-good moment to end the podcast tonight we appreciate everybody tuning in to this episode before we get out of here though gray where can they find you on social media yeah find me on twitter at
1: gray oldenburg or on instagram at gray o 21
0: and you can find me on twitter as well at tiger 24 until we talk to you again war eagle